a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in to Inside Sources today. Your guest host, Lindsay Eretz. Of course, I host the Mom Show on Sundays, 10 a.m., joined by the one, the only, <laughs> Casey Scott. And I also host a podcast. It's called Project Recovery. And I was honored today when they asked me to come in here and be a co-host with you. Uh, and, you know, the kind of thing that we've been talking about today is kind of a heavy subject and it's a heavy topic and a lot of people don't want to talk about it unfortunately i think talking about it is going to be what takes us to the other side of it we've been talking about maternal mental health we've been talking about postpartum depression uh, alcohol and addiction recovery we've even been talking about suicide and those all seem to be a finger on a hand and the hand would be they're all kind of interconnected and they all kind of have a, a thread woven between them that you can almost go, okay, when we were talking to the addiction specialist over there at Pinnacle Health, she was talking about all these things. Now, those are the same symptoms for suicide. Right. They were a lot of the same symptoms for postpartum depression. And if you see somebody suffering and they could use a help be that person to reach out and offer them because as we found out, hope is so powerful when you're down and you're living in that dark place and you have nowhere to turn and you think that you're just broken all by yourself. The reality is we're not. And I think if we can open up the conversation, we can all realize that we're all part of the problem and we're all part of the solution. And one of the things I think we we haven't really mentioned today is sort of the way we talk to each other, the way bullying happens in our schools, you know, the way that we are... Uh, the things we believe about ourselves because someone called us an idiot once. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we really need to pay attention to what's happening in our brains as far as what we're believing about something somebody said to us one time. And you might carry that for your whole life. That's right. Yes. And and it can start as early as elementary school. I'm sure you and I both have young experiences in our in our early lives where, you know, our lives were shaped or a belief about ourselves was shaped because of something somebody said to us and we weren't, you know, emotionally mature enough yet to know that those were just words and we shouldn't take stock in them. But you believe you're not smarter. You believe you're you're dumb. Or, you know what I mean? And it becomes a cycle. Those who've been bullied then go on to bullying, and we want to be able to break that cycle. And, I, I mean, I'll admit that I was bullied as a kid, and I also have been a bully myself. And it's not until a little years past that you can look in retrospect and go, wow, 
that was not right. And now I try to do is sit down and talk to my kids. My daughter's on the Hope Squad at her elementary school, and I had no idea what a Hope Squad was. And I said, yeah. what's a Hope Squad? She goes, Dad, it's kind of cool because I get to be everybody's friend. And I was like, you need to be everybody's friend. And I go, but what do you do? Well, she goes, well, we go out to the playground, and if we see a kid sitting there by themselves and doesn't have anyone to play with them, we go invite him to play. And, and, she, and he goes, Dad, it's just it's so good because I, I, it gives me free range to just go, hey, come be a part of our group. That's so amazing. Yeah. And hopefully all the schools are working on stuff like that. I want to bring in actually one of our state senators, Senator Luis Escamilla. Uh, sorry, Luz Escamilla. I always mispronounce her name. I'm so sorry, Senator. Uh, but she is currently serving in the Utah State Senate. Of course, she represents some of the west side of Salt Lake City and part of West Valley. And you actually have an anti-bullying campaign. Is that true? Correct. So a couple of years ago, actually in 2017, I was able to pass a big reform um, for bullying from what we define as bullying for our public education system in this case and harassment. And it's really this idea of emotional distress, which I think you guys have been discussing. The CDC has been very clear on the correlation between bullying and suicide in, in our youth. And as you know, we have, we have very, unfortunately, very high number of of um, youth suicide in our state. We're ranked number seven in the country, and I've been serving for the last eight years at Primary Children's Hospital in the Board of Peace, and it's a crisis, and we need to do more. So I, part of what I wanted to do with the bill is really have a consensus of the state of what we do, how do we define bullying, harassment, and hazing, and how do we inter- what type of interventions do we have in I mean, I was listening to your previous uh, guest, you know, like, as you guys were chatting on this, the idea of parents being involved is critical. So my legislation allowed for uh, schools to be able to bring parents to the conversation and really bring solutions from that family perspective and community as a whole and having ownership. And I really am excited to see it go through a very lengthy administrative route process so we can get implementation moving forward. It talks about training. It talks about, and the schools were very engaged in that process. I, I just think it's a, it's an important issue to address. We have a lot of issues related to mental health, but bullying certainly plays a role, and it can affect someone's life and, and really change their, their ability to love themselves and, and move forward. Yeah, uh, and obviously we know you're running for uh, Salt Lake City Mayor, so congratulations on making it through the primaries. But as you look forward, you know, in in your campaign and you're working on sort of these anti-bullying things, what what do you plan to implement into some of the Utah schools or what can you that really s- solve some of these problems? Yeah, thank you. I Part of one of the biggest pieces on my platform and why I'm running for Salt Lake City Mayor, I think, is for me, is youth and families, and we want to make sure that if families are, are okay, if our children are okay, our city is going to be okay. So I put a big emphasis on early childhood education and after-school programs in collaboration with our Lake City School District. So I'm looking forward to bringing more pieces that really help be proactive on not only doing uh, prevention for bullying, but also intervention when it's happening. And we need to have those wraparound services for our children so they actually get help. So, you know, as it was mentioned before, many of the children that are engaged in bullying activity were, bull- were bullied and were victims of bullying themselves before. And they need some help. So what are we doing to make sure that our children are safe? Part of it is, and it's critical, is after school programs. So a lot of what I'm going to be working is 
strengthening the Salt City um, really good after-school program, and, and I'm looking forward to doing that. So those are some of the pieces that I want to work. Also, safety at school, right? I mean, um, as you know, our children now, uh, it's so different from 10 years ago where we talked about safety in our schools. I mean, gun violence is a reality in our schools, and our children also are struggling with trauma and stress, and that needs to be addressed in a way that makes sense. The state has been moving towards getting more, you know, um, social workers into schools. I would love to see in Salt Lake City, really, it's one of my biggest pieces, is having a nurse in every school. Nurses are qualified and trained to deal with some of these issues as well, and we don't have almost no nurses. So we have the lowest ratio of nurses per, per student in the whole country as a state, and we need to do more in that area. So that's um, child care. We need more child care. Yeah. <laughs> now, Senator Escamilla, yeah. I, I know when we think of bullying, we mostly think of school from peer to peer, but there's bullying that goes on outside of school and even at the home. How would we help those? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So one, to, to your point, the bill actually addresses cyberbullying as well. So social media has become this vacuum where, where it's okay to say all things and, and be mean and be very, very abusive towards others. So I think in terms of the context of our you know, bullying activity for purposes of children, if it's someone within the school and there's an interaction at the school level, even if it's cyberbullying, it will be within these parameters of a definition. Uh, bullying at home, you know, it's, it's an issue of conversation. It requires courage to have this conversation. It's uncomfortable. It's very different from how our parents dealt with some of the issues that we dealt in our, in, you know, I'm not that I want to assume your age, but, you know, it, it's been different. I mean, every decade is changing how we talk about this. I, I'm proud to say that to hear my children talk about tolerance and about being able to help others, I, I like it. I mean, th- this new generation, this younger generation is moving towards respecting people's identities and their ability to to defend and stand up for when something is wrong. And I think we need to do more of that. And a lot of it will require those conversations at home. And, and you know, we need to be um, diligent in making sure children are safe because that's how you continue this cycle of abuse as well. Okay, we have a quick, like, minute left. But you mentioned this concept that if if students are bullied online, it still is a function of being bullied at school. What does that system look like? How do you kind of, how do you? Yeah, so. Go ahead. That's a great question. And, and, and administratively, you know, obviously as legislators, we put the bill and then the state office of education implements. But part of it is saying if you're, if you're being a victim of bullying between classmates through social media like Facebook or Twitter, those pieces could be used as evidence as the process starts to make sure intervention takes place. So that is within that context, right? So a lot of the bullying is happening on social media. I mean, cyberbullying is very um, it's hurtful. It's causing a lot of emotional distress, and we know it creates a lot of problems. So, yeah, it, it's within that context. If it's with children in the same classroom, you know, that's where it could intervene as part of that, of that um, state code with regards to bullying. Very good. Senator Luz Escamita, of course, mayoral candidate for uh, Salt Lake City Mayor. Thank you for joining us today on Inside Sources. She's uh, working on an anti-bullying initiative uh, and has worked on for a long time and obviously running for Salt Lake City Mayor to try to implement some of those things as well and implementing them uh, in the state legislature. So thank you, Senator. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for the topic. You guys have a wonderful day. Absolutely. All right. We've got to take a break. When we come back, some final thoughts. Okay. On Inside Sources, Lindsay Arts, your guest host, along with Casey Scott, here on KSL News Radio.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.